Namaste. So, as part of the writings of Shurabindo, we take up today Collected Works of Shurabindo, Volume 30, which is Letters on Yoga, Part 4. So, Part 1 deals with the fundamentals of the yoga, and Part 2 deals with the methods of yoga, certain practices, uh, works, love. Bhakti, meditation and many other concentration, all these processes. And part 3 deals with the experiences and realizations primarily. So the word experiences um, creates um, different feelings in different people. There are those who completely shun spiritual experiences. And where are there others who crave for spiritual experiences. And they believe that if they don't have an experience, they are not progressing. Now, experiences are important, they are inevitable in the, in the journey. But we need to understand what really is an experience and also we must understand that experience is not the end of the yoga. Experiences enrich the consciousness, they do not transform it, this important thing. So experience is like somebody who, let's take it like this, that you are collecting wealth. So uh, it enriches you. So as you... You have put your money here, you have put your uh, things there and you start getting returns. So, uh, it's a very uh, mathematical way to put it. But still, you are gathering spiritual wealth. Now, this spiritual wealth is fine, but it must change. You must understand that now all this wealth is there with you. And you have to be both careful and vigilant. At the same time, you have to understand that you are no more in that state of poverty in which one was existing some time back and how to deal with this wealth, how it should change and impact you because sometimes it can work the other way around. Say one has an experience and one may start feeling like when you have wealth that I am a very rich person, I am somebody special. I have seen people, they develop a lot of uh, um, ego, spiritual ego and due to that spiritual ego they can sink. People even develop ego about practicing that I, I am sitting two hours for meditation. All these things have no value. Ultimately, true experiences should always make us humble. Because we realize that it's not because of us, but because of the divine that we are receiving it. All experiences are acts of grace. Once we understand it, Nayamatma Namedana Bahunashutin, Yamavesha Vranute, Tena Labyas Tasyesha, Atma Vivranute Tanuswam. It's not because we have done so much that we are having the experience. The grace can pick and choose and it has its own logic which is far from human mind's reckoning. Why should Augustine be picked up? Why should Jagai and Madhai be picked up? Why should Saul of Tarsius be picked up? So this um, is not according to that, well, somebody was doing so much uh, meditation, so much of uh, bhakti and suddenly he had the experience. That may happen, but true experiences are always spontaneous. One thing that the mother says again and again, that they have a real value when they arise spontaneously. So seeking for experiences is not what yoga is meant for. We have to seek union with the divine. Or we have to seek to become instrument of the divine, servants of the divine, slaves of the divine. Whatever way we want to put it, depending on the aspiration. Experiences will come. But even if they don't come, the big problem is that those who seek uh, experiences, they can get very easily disheartened. 
So we have letters of Shurabindo that, uh, to Shurabindo where people have written that, you know, I have been practicing yoga for five years, I didn't have a single experience. And <laughs> equally the other way around, when somebody has a very early experience, one may start feeling that, well, I am on top of the world. So it is the divine who decides when to give, when not to give, how much to give, what to give. So that's not what we should seek. Yoga is not meant for seeking experiences. Yoga is meant for ultimately union with the divine. But each one chooses his own particular approach. And based on the approach, one has whatever experience are necessary based on the path one has chosen. Let's take an example. So we want to come to Pondicherry. Depending on where we start. Supposing I am at Chennai. So I am not going to go through the experiences that somebody from Delhi is going to have when he reaches Pondicherry. For some others... Somebody living in Pondicherry and one day he awakens. Oh, that's it. Enters into the ashram. He has not had that whole series of experiences which are necessary. So it is said, for example, of course, Sri Krishna is the avatar. But with Sri Krishna, suddenly he uh, hears one word or rather a couple of words from Rishi Ghor and the entire uh, doors open. Achyutam, Akshitam. And that opens the door. But if you think that by repeating this mantra, I will, I must get the same experience. <laughs> like with Raja Janak, he had the experience in that much time as, you know, he was climbing on the horse uh, through the saddle. Or Shurabindo, there are people I know that, you know, they start, uh, uh, why? Because Shurabindo was not looking for Nirvana. He was deeply moved by the state of the country and the world. And he wanted to see God so that he can help in its liberation. There was no selfish motive, not even the lure of otherworldly experiences or mukti. So he sat with Lili Maharaj and the, what resulted was a profound experience. And that experience neither Shurabindo had expected nor Lili Maharaj had ex- expected. And he himself said that he doesn't know what has overtaken him. So... Now, if we imagine that if I also sit for three days, closing myself in a room, maybe sit on a swing, going to Baroda, and I am going to have an experience, not three days, 30 days, three years, nothing is going to happen. It may happen, that's a different, but it doesn't act according to this logic. As Shobindu says in one of his letters, the divine gives the fruits of the sadhana based on the sincerity of aspiration. And that sincerity is known only to the divine. And of course, if we look deep within, we will know why we have taken to yoga. That's why the mother repeatedly said, first thing we must be clear as to why I am taking the yoga. Then again, even from Delhi, you have to go to Pondicherry, you can take different routes. Some take a long route, some take a short route, some say let's fly straight away. Others say, no, no, I will want to drop at, uh, um, for a few days at Nagpur. Others want to see the, the you know, bird sanctuary somewhere. So, each soul has its own freedom of movement towards the divine. And based on that, it has experiences. Then the third part is that the experiences also depend upon what you are going to become in the large divine vision of things. Supposing someone has to become an instrument of the divine. So there will be experiences which are going to make one really strong. Look at Arjun. How he was here to go through all kinds of things. The entire Yudhishthir and everybody, like Yudhishthir lost the game of dice. Uh, people often ask, why couldn't Divine do some magic and you know, he, he, he should have won the game. Well, that would have beaten the purpose because Yudhishthir had to take the reins of um, Arivarth and he had to be completely a Dharma Raj who doesn't deviate even a little from truth. 
So at that moment, when he was in the game of dice, he deviated from his own truth. And it was necessary that weakness was brought out. And because he has to become an instrument of a divine work for posterity, he had to go through so much consequences for that small little error. Because he is meant to become an instrument of the divine. Same we see with Arjun and many others. So then there are variety of experiences. Many, very often people again think that experiences are uh, having visions. So Satprem in agenda he asked the mother. Mother, I am not I don't I seldom have visions. So mother tells him, Why do you want to come down to that point? Because the idea is not experiences for their own sake, but Union with the divine, which means a change of consciousness. The goal of yoga is not to have experiences, but change of consciousness. When I say not to have experiences, it doesn't mean that we will shun experiences. But the goal is not that, well, I had this experience, I had that experience. What is important is the change of consciousness. If the consciousness has changed, doesn't matter how it has come about. If the consciousness has not changed, then any amount of visions is not going to, you know, uh, be of much meaning as far as the yoga is concerned, except that it leaves a stamp. Every experience leaves a stamp. For instance, when you go through, take a route from Delhi to Pondicherry and you have gone through a certain route, so you know better, this is better, and you know what are the places where you are going to uh, probably get nice meal on the way, what are the places where you should be a little careful about. So these experiences make us richer, as we move along the journey. Now these experiences itself can be a variety. For example, they, these experiences can come by the contact, not directly of the divine, but of the uh, forces that emanate from the divine. And they can contact the senses. Usually it is the hearing and the sight. So that's why in the Vedic Rishis they were called as, uh, you know, these two faculties. The seer who saw darshan, and the other was that he heard, that he inspired, he, he received the voice of the divine. So these are the two fundamental because these two faculties are most prominent. So with sight, it can take several kinds. It can take initially a very vague intimation through some kind of form arising. Then as the faculty develops, one can actually see the light. One can feel the light. Then one sees the light descending. Then one becomes one with the light. Then you don't see the light because... You know, you ask the bulb, are you seeing the light? He'll say, light, sir, you can see. But as far as I am concerned, I have become one with that light. Same with hearing. Hearing doesn't necessarily mean hearing a voice. Yes, hearing a voice is one, but still there is a distance. So you see, vision, there is a distance. See how Sri own life, he sees Krishna in, in the jail, in the jailer, in, in the prison bar, in the judge. So seeing is still a contact from a distance. But as he grows down the line further and further, as the yoga develops, he at one point of time becomes one with Krishna. Because now he is and Krishna are one and there is no difference anymore. So that's what is the goal of the yoga, Sayujya, becoming one with the divine, Saloki to dwell in the same status as the divine, Samipya to feel constant nearness of the divine. And sadharma to become of the same nature as the divine. So there would be many, many experiences. They may come, they may not come. Many times experiences come, but we don't take a note of them. This also, you may go through 
the train journey but uh, you know when a particular major station has come you have not really uh, because you are so much in ramdhun or dhun of the divine or maybe even asleep <laughs> but you are still moving and you have not looked around but somebody else says are raste mein to hyderabad aata hai have you not seen it no i have not seen it but nevertheless you have reached that point where you have reached so we must know that the goal is not about experiences they may come sometime we notice them sometime we don't take note of them they can be again of subjective and objective types if we read through shirobindo it seems subjective experiences are of much greater importance by subjective experiences uh, we mean contact with higher and higher realms of consciousness and these experiences will arise as normally as peace wideness light strength in you know within one one feels the strength outpourings of knowledge love beatitude ananda these are all subjective experiences but they change the consciousness that's the beauty when peace gets established for example so we have experiences and we have realizations experiences are when we have the contact it's fleeting it comes and goes and we have realizations where the thing that we are experiencing becomes real to us so as long as divine is far then we say you know once when i went there at the ashram i felt very nice i felt as if mother is there she is touching me holding me i don't know that was long back so this is an experience when it becomes real wherever we are we feel that she is with us in us so it becomes a realization and it's a big difference again it's independent of where you are i have seen people i, I remember in the beginning some someone who has lived here for a long time great person but the person kept saying when the mother was here when the mother was here till we had to interrupt her didi please don't say like that we never felt that the mother is not here what do you mean she was here no 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 you don't understand i said we understand no when she was here she used to do this that and still she does it now how can you convince that this is how you have experienced and grown in this your experience it's true to you she is no more like in a physical so you see physical body physical things have their own limitation for instance it's much more common now for many people to have experiences of shirobindo and the mother because they are no more limited in the body they can that's why we see the yoga is spreading like this and there are many people even earlier but she was partly limited mother herself speaks of it shirobindo because he is no more limited with the physical body simultaneously they descend into the body for a certain purpose a certain work and then when they withdraw the consciousness simultaneously can operate in so many ways so this another aspect and then experiences again do not indicate that somebody is closer to the divine and somebody is not so why because there are some people who have an opening in a certain dimension for instance there are people who have the faculty of vision mother speaks of it they they are inbuilt like that i mean they they have this capacity so they have visions so it doesn't mean somebody who has vision is closer to the divine or there is a special grace of the divine ultimately all these human calculations are to be set aside and we have to only move in one direction to grow in oneness with the divine and that is the only experience which is really worthwhile 
and that experiences must become real to us when it becomes real then it is realization as long as it's an experience i feel that the mother is inside me sometimes i feel a touch sometimes i feel a help it is experience very good but when it is as clear as daylight that her presence is within me it's not that one is seeing a vision all the time that she is inside <laughs> seeing a vision but it becomes as clear as that so it's a way of uh, it's it's a kind of you see for example when someone asked shrabindo so shri krishna came and how did he place the geeta in your hands so you see shrabindo has spoken of that in uttarpada speech no shri krishna came and he placed the geeta in my hands so what is the image that comes in most of the places you see shri krishna appearing isn't it and then actually literally he is and this shubindra says that the strength of the gita entered into me so when shubindra was asked this question he said oh you mean you feel literally he came and placed the gita it doesn't mean that i mean the whole wisdom of the gita was transmitted to arjuna possibly directly so it simply means to the recipient consciousness the experience is that shri krishna has come and given me the gita but it doesn't necessarily mean that one has to actually see shri krishna physically giving the gita maybe you know who's gita press gorakhpur from the mahabharata and uh, you know it's not necessary that whole power strength uh, the light of the gita enters into one and then one begins to change so this is the background and we'll see as it goes so first he says experience is a word that covers almost all the happenings in yoga all the happenings you come to the samadhi and you feel very nice inside actually it's an experience you are feeling lot of cloud sadness whatever reason you go and bow down or you call the mother and you feel uplifted you read a line from savitri and you suddenly feel it vanished whatever cloud was there all these are experiences so experiences cover a very very wide range of things why because experience literally means we come in contact with the divine in one way or the other and it translates in our consciousness in one way or another only when something gets settled then it is no longer an experience but part of the siddhi say peace for example example peace when it comes and goes is an experience when it is settled and goes no more it is a siddhi realization is different it is when something for which you are aspiring becomes real to you example you have the idea of the divine in all but it is only an idea a belief when you feel or see the divine in all mark the words feel or see even this sense may come that yes divine is in all it becomes a realization and it can take different uh, forms and use depending on the person's consciousness this feeling of the divine presence and there's a whole variety so we'll not uh, get into that but plenty of them uh, then what about feeling love for the divine normally we'll say isme kya experience hai <laughs> experience hai it's not like anybody can feel or we can force ourselves that i want to feel love for the divine even to feel like that even for a human being is difficult let alone the divine 
so he says that uh, your supposition he is writing to someone that one cannot love the divine until one experiences him conflicts with the experience of many sadhaks so again people say no no it's okay because you feel the divine therefore you are loving but it's not true love for the divine that is the marvel people used to ask me sometime acha what kind of miracles happen here i said one i can tell you right away and that miracle is that myself and many are like me who have never seen the mother with this physical eyes and yet strange part is they fall in love with her beyond measure love where all other loves are there with a small l but the capital love is only for her how this has happened somebody who has never seen you whom you have never seen that's why the other day someone was asking me right here people have this idea that because i have grown up here so i am someone special so someone said have you seen the mother i said but mother has seen me i said have you seen the mother tomorrow you have for you also it will be the same thing in next life somebody will ask you have you seen the mother so but she has seen and how this works i mean uh, so he says that my point is that there have been hundreds of bhaktas who have the love and seeking without any concrete experience with only a mental conscious conception or emotional belief in the divine to support them the whole point is that it is untrue to say that one must have a decisive or concrete experience before one can have love for the divine it is contrary to the facts and the quite ordinary facts of the spiritual experience and we know it in india we know it that there are so many hanuman bhaktas ram bhaktas who have never seen their deity but their love is so deep their faith is so concrete i mean so many of us i remember my father any time he would there would be a problem he would take me and put before his deity he used to worship rama and sita like the vigraha like the puja traditional puja Uh, he didn't have that kind of visions of rama or something but any problem you will put there ram ji aap sambhalo and i know many people who used to do this till medical science came up and uh, you know robbed us of that wonder and marvel and now we have put the, all that faith in the doctors and the vaccine yeah it's difficult to explain and shubindu was asked that why in, in every other ashram shubindu was asked that there are people who uh, go out of the way to prove that their uh, master is an avatar guru is an avatar but here we see just the opposite and shubhita said yes because it's a modern ashram <laughs> we have lost that spontaneous trust in the divine so then uh, visions there can be true visions there can be Uh, even visions that are um, wrong transcribed we may misunderstand them so plenty of things are there we can't call them false visions but they are visions which which can be from worlds which are not really the true worlds so there is the story i i know first hand uh, of a person who wanted to give talks on the life divine he was uh, i think in uh, somewhere in up and uh, he asked the mother he said i want to give talks on the life divine so he sent that time telegram telegram to the mother and mother didn't reply 
So after a few days, he uh, sent another telegram. I have seen vision of Krishna and he has told me that, uh, yes, you go ahead and give the talks. So mother sent a telegram, tell him it is not Krishna, but a hostile force which has assumed this form. And mother would say that why she doesn't say this more often, because then people stop believing even when genuine Krishna comes. So she says, but the fact is that any vision or any voice of God that suggests us, aggrandizing us, we have to be very careful. Oh, you are great, you are special. You are the one, you are avatar, you are instrument. No, divine doesn't do like that. Even to Arjuna, he doesn't say. Till he is on the battlefield and he is asking questions. Then he says, you know Arjun, what? We have been together in quite a few lifetimes. Then he explains to Arjun this grain. Otherwise, Arjun has been like a friend. He never tells him. But Arjun, something in him knows. So spontaneously his choices are, I want Krishna and not the army. So uh, he doesn't know, but Sri Krishna knew all the time. So any voice that aggrandizes us, Anything which comes, we have to be so careful, which is trying to flatter our ego. True experience of the divine always brings humility. So, in the course of sadhana, there is one thing which is very important, which Shobindo reminds us is intermediate zone. So, intermediate zone is used in two ways in Shobindo's terminology. One is the general uses, which is what we are going to read, meaning thereby between the surface consciousness and the soul. We will see that there are many layers. There is a line, Shivabindu says, cross the dangerous spaces of the soul. Where all kinds of forces, energies, beings, they come. In When we read in Savitri, when we read the description of entry into the inner countries. So, the world of life comes, the, the force forces of life, which can be very deceptive, vital worlds. Where he says, where death walks wearing the robe of deathless life. So, all these things happen. That's why one has to be so focused only on the divine. It doesn't matter. These things will come and go. But if they get into the head, oh, I had such an experience, then it's... That's why in ancient times, the general dictum was, don't speak about experiences. Not because of a taboo, but simply because if you speak about experiences, you may become very egoistic. And others may become jealous and both are not good. But yes, sometimes after many years when something has settled inside or as the Vedic Rishis, all of it, all of that is their experiences. They didn't shy away from. So generally the dictum was speak to the Guru if you had some experience. And in our context, tell it to the mother, offer it to the mother. Don't gloat over it and start thinking that I am someone special. So, this is the intermediary zone. But there is a true intermediary state which is uh, between the mind and the true yogic knowledge. Which means higher and higher levels of consciousness. Higher mind, illumined mind. So, one should not stop there. So, it is used in two sense, this intermediate zone. And Sri speaks of it in one of his big letters in this volume. There is in fact an intermediary state. It is not intermediate zone, but an intermediary state. A zone of transition between the ordinary consciousness in mind and the true yoga knowledge. One may cross without hurt through it, perceiving at once or at an early stage its real nature and refusing to be detained by its half-lights 
and tempting but imperfect and often mixed and misleading experiences one may go astray in it follow false voices and a mendacious guidance and that ends in a spiritual disaster so we see again in savitri how after all these experiences then there is at the level of the mind where uh, these sages come and tell her that you know now your name is written in the book of the elite so you also write your name and feel blessed and she says no no because i seek my soul that's why aspiration is so important otherwise with first experience one stops so i have found something one must continue till completely there is a melting of everything in the divine then one is safe otherwise these experiences can come and one may start being distracted and ultimately spiritual disaster or one may take up one's abode in this intermediate zone care to go no further and build there some half truth which one takes for the whole truth and become the instrument of the powers of these transitional planes this is important even when was in one is an instrument of the divine the mother says shubhendra also describes this that if the egoism comes that i am an instrument and i am a doer then sometimes using that door the asuric powers may come they may lure us so oh, you are a great instrument you are indispensable therefore you must do this take up this particular work there is a suggestion that comes and one goes that way so one has to be so humble completely detached ready to leave whatever work it be the next moment if that is required and to do it with any vain modesty with total humility that is not mine it is the divine's so this is how with egoism and ambition these are the two dangerous things overwhelmed by the first russian sense of power of a supernormal condition they get dazzled with a little light which seems to them a tremendous illumination or a touch of force which they mistake for the full divine force or at least a very great yoga shakti or they accept some intermediate power not always a power of the divine as the supreme so there are there was very interesting such accounts and uh, one was where some devotee had called uh, the mother to visit uh, their place and he had called one of the gurus traditional gurus and the mother the moment she saw she knew it's an asura and this uh, fellow got very conscious but she just smiled ki don't worry you continue with whatever you want to do that's why she said not to mix you know gurus it's so hazardous to bring different masters even here we surprised that once one mata came mata means that i am the divine mother real original divine mother after all that shurabindu has said why because shurabindu see he left the body if i was there i would have saved him i am the original savitri and this is when mother is physically present okay so she came here and if i tell you the names of people who were drawn to her you will be surprised the mother herself you know said you too you want to see and uh, he said no no mother i i am just uh, uh, i am like a stone nothing will happen to me but why would one want to see so there are people who used to go they had even now there are movements in the name of the mother that mother is now so all this is not necessary in shurabindo's yoga the mother and shurabindo are the only master 
all of us are brothers and sisters and collaborators going somebody's hand is here somebody's here that's all <laughs> we are all we should help each other support each other and progress but it is she so that's why shubindu has cautioned us people don't understand these things especially a liberal mind what does it matter everybody is same everybody is divine everybody is god everybody is guru and this kind of kichadi in the consciousness it's true and yet like we read last time that it does not do good if a sadhak does a little here and does a little there because it may completely take you away from the path well this is only one of the things shubhendra says there are worse dangers in the this intermediate zone of experience for the planes in which the sadhak has now opened his consciousness not as before getting glimpses and some influences but directly receiving their full impact sent a host of ideas impulses suggestions formations of all kinds often the most opposite to each other inconsistent or incompatible one suggestion will come you are someone very great another will come you are useless fellow so they will play start playing and if we accept these suggestions that's why people have to keep a balance that's why reason has served that purpose <laughs> repeatedly shrivind and the mother say otherwise you may act irrationally this is my vibe this i i got this vibration i felt like this and i did it mother told me uh, i feel it inside like a voice of truth this one should be so careful it is so dangerous keep at least a balance so you are not likely to be misled which is far worse <laughs> you are going slowly but steadily but to be misled into one of these territories it can be so dangerous so and shubhendra says or there is the opposite danger that he may become the instrument of some apparently brilliant but ignorant formation for these intermediate planes are full of little gods or strong datyas or smaller beings who want to create to materialize something or to enforce a mental and vital formation in the earth life and are eager to use or influence or even possess the thought and will of the sadhak and make him their instrument for the purpose so it is so important there are people who in the name of shirbindo and the mother they do things even teach certain techniques of you know this or that and uh, but that's not what shirbindo and the mother have said and they almost become miniature guru they take money for you know what they are doing this not how shirbindo and the mother would ever want that okay you start charging for money for something and then it's their own ideas and formations or rather ideas and formation they receive sometimes they are from higher worlds but even the higher world so ultimately anything that ever is done in this way the criteria should be it should bring you closer in contact with the mother anything else is not worth it if that is happening yes it is good so all this shubindo cautions us for nothing is easier than for powers of these zones or hostile powers to imitate the guiding voice or image and deceive and mislead the sadhak or for himself to attribute the creations and formations of his own mind vital or ego to the divine i have seen plenty i have seen people who would come and say you know i think this book must go why because the mother she is telling me that mother doesn't say like that if things have to happen they will happen i remember one story of rishab chanji rishab chanji was asked to write shobindo's biography by the mother 
Okay, direct. So he wrote the biography. So after writing the biography, he said, Mother, I have finished the biography. Okay, give it to the press. So he gave it to the press. And they are great people. It kept lying there for a long time. Reception ji didn't bother, didn't go and even check once. Are kya hua? Maane bola tha. Wo actually bola tha. So, he was asked once. He said, I don't know. I have given it to the press. Mother asked me to give it to the press. I give it to the press. I am referring to the biography. Shobindo, his life unique. And... Thank you. We know what a wonderful book it is. But look at him that three years he did a dedicated research. It's still one of the, to me it's one of the best books which combines the head and the heart beautifully. Before Shivindu's coming to Pondicherry, he speaks about later period also but that is more compressed. Or the adventure of consciousness which came directly Shobindo was inspiring. But again, see what happened. This biography, The Adventure of Consciousness, was directly inspired by Shobindo. And the mother said, Shobindo wants you to write this biography and number of experiences. And this is going to go into the world and do a great work. And this biography came out. You know, while Divine Mother is physically there, she has read out everything. That Adventure of Consciousness... And then the later adventure of consciousness has a different effect. And when I read it, I realized what has happened. The last pages which were added after the mother's physical departure, when all the things that were caustic inside the author, all his bitterness, that came out. Yes, and you read it, you will see the difference. It is, it's like it spoils the whole thing. Otherwise, the book is so wonderful, that atmosphere. So we have to be so careful that nothing personal is coming and tarnishing my point of view, my way, nothing. So this is so difficult. That's why to be an instrument of the divine or even to be able to do something of the divine work is so difficult. And yet, because of grace, so that's why he says that especially if their sadhana is mainly, this is a zone which many sadhaks have to cross in which Many wander for a long time and out of which a great many never emerge. So when we read some of the stories uh, of some of these saints and yogis and how they fell in modern time, people don't understand it. So they just say that the person was a fake. No, not necessarily. He may have been genuine and at a young age he had a powerful experience but lost the way. Because many things come up. Only reliance on grace can save you. But the moment one thinks, oh I am somebody... You are opening the door to disaster. So it's not that they were fake or they, but they started very well, but they couldn't contain what they received because humility was lacking. And you know, it was now I am that, I am that. That's why Shubhendu said he never used to uh, prefer this mantra, Soham Asmi, I am that. He said, There is a one person will probably realize, but there, the danger is that very soon the ego may take hold of you. And give you a experience and you may believe that now I am God, I don't need anything. And instead of humility, there is an aggrandization. So he says that, 
what is important is psychic being a central sincerity. Detailed sincerity is difficult. Central sincerity means what is the motive, the goal of the yoga. If the goal is to become a yogi, superman, sannyasi, transformed sadhak, then it will show up, any ambition. But if the goal is to be for the divine, live for the divine, then you are safe. So central sincerity. Humility, a fundamental humility. It's not like before others, Neneji, I am nothing, it's all mother. Inside you must know. That one is nothing and it will show up in all you do. You will not start behaving like I am an advanced sadhak and you know, people start uh, <laughs> whatever. I mean, you put on airs. There are people who do that. The air of superiority, they will not speak, they will, you know. So all this is so dangerous. That, oh, they are inferior people. Whereas yoga teaches us to realize the divine in everyone. So, all these dangers are there. We will read about them in the next class. One can then pass quickly into clearer light. So, even if most people pass through it, they will pass through quickly. But those who have a strong ego, ambition or perverted kind of lust, they can get badly caught into it. And especially ego and ambition, it can completely create disaster. So then what are the real experiences which we can say ki, okay, <laughs> something genuine. So Shobindo says the fundamental realization what are they in the yoga? Number one the psychic change. So how do we know there is a psychic change? Suddenly we will have a vision of a child and it may happen. Plenty of things may happen. But what is the fundamental realization? The psychic change so that a complete devotion can be the main motive of the heart. And the ruler of thought, life and action in constant union with the mother and in her presence. If this has come, then one has had this fundamental realization, the psychic change. Complete devotion to serve the mother, to live for the mother, to belong to the mother. And this is not something to be talked about you know, even if you don't know, mother knows. So this is the... Now imagine, now normally we will say, this experience. Tha. This is the psychic realization. Second, again you see, the higher consciousness, the descent of the peace, power, light, etc. of the higher consciousness through the head and heart into the whole being occupying the very cells of the body. So the divine peace, power, light, knowledge... Love, bliss, all these pour into the person. And then it brings a corresponding chain. And third is the perception of the one and divine infinitely everywhere. The mother everywhere and living in that infinite consciousness. So this is the important thing and how to get these experiences and realization. He says one is rising above the mind which means all this debate, doubt, all this constant tug of war going on, that is quieted. It doesn't mean silent mind, that's a special thing. But at least that is fundamentally quieted. And one begins to open to intuition and inspiration, revelations above. Operating system changes. The window undergoes an upgradation. Then opening out of the cosmic consciousness. So one is no more limited to just the limited sensory experience. But the consciousness freed from the body's clutch begins to widen and you begin to sense things, perceive things, a kind of extended sympathy if you like to say. What is happening in others begins to 
become translated into you and vice versa so this is cosmic consciousness then third the psychic opening and fourth is descent of the higher consciousness with its peace light force knowledge ananda etc into the planes of being then of course uh, as we see that the three transformations are psychic spiritual and supramental so what is the psychic transformation psychicization means the change of the lower nature bringing right vision into the mind right kind of understanding not wrong you see buddha speaks about it he doesn't speak of psychic change but he says right perception right understanding right discernment how does this come this comes by psychic change right impulse and feeling into the vital right movement and habit into the physical all turned towards the divine all based on love adoration bhakti this is the psychic change love adoration bhakti and therefore automatically there is the right feeling right perception right understanding right vision right discernment therefore right action which is a consequence finally the vision and sense of the mother everywhere in all as well as in the heart her force working in the being etc faith consecration surrender these are the real gems experience the other jewels not what we ordinarily you know this is the real nidhi of the yogin the spiritual change this is the second one is the established descent of the peace light knowledge and then he says the spiritual is the change that descends from above the psychic is the change that comes from within by the psychic dominating mind vital and physical the psychic is the first of two transformations necessary if you have the psychic transformation it facilitates immensely the others the first most fundamental change is the psychic and shobindo there are letters like that one of them he says it is the only thing which if it comes out there are no more any dangers in the yoga it will carry you through it's like prahlad dangers will come but prahlad is in that consciousness of the hari have you ever seen prahlad saying oh this is a devil this is a hostile force which has come near me oh i am going to die he doesn't do that even you see meera prahlad one may say is a mythology look at meera look at shirobindo so many things happen but he is all the time that this is vasudevam sarvamiti so it should lead us towards that if we start seeing hostile forces everywhere there is a problem probably it is inside me and showing itself everywhere <laughs> we have to see the divine in all this doesn't mean that we don't have discernment shobindo says that it means we should have the discernment understand what is coming from where and yet behind all appearances yet the fundamental thing should be there is a divine working that is going on and the divine uses everything as an instrument for his own mysterious purposes so this is the fundamental chain and there is a very powerful letter where he says one may have uh, siddhis in the physical the people who conquer one may even conquer thirst and hunger and food and sleep there are people who sleep very little eat very little and people normally think hey he must be great yogi because he is hardly eats he sleeps very little so he says one may conquer these things even with the, with the power of the mind one can conquer these things one can have amazing siddhis in the vital we hear about ashta siddhis 
one may even have surprising illuminations in the mind. Yet, if the psychic new birth and becoming a child of the Divine Mother, not exact word, but more or less, is not happened, then nothing fundamental has happened. Fundamental thing is to become a child newborn to the Divine Mother. Because without that, all these experiences may easily, oh, I have such powers. I've seen people who develop powers and they start thinking, these are my powers. And human beings, we are also impressed by the show of powers. Power is there, but all power is the divine power. It may act this way, that way, any which way. Even the lifting of the hand and speaking of the speech and hearing, what we are hearing is all divine power ultimately at the root of it. That's what the Kena Upanishad Reminds us, Yan mansana manute yena hurmano matanta deva brahmantam viddi nedam yavdi So, if we look at it, the entire creation is nothing but the divine power. In various ways and through various doors, it is entering us and acting in us and through us. So, the yogi begins to awaken into this perception, this reality. There's no more me but the divine, and he's working not only in me but in the entire creation, each in his own way. And then he begins to see that others need not be of the same variety as myself because they know myself. There is one infinite self which expresses in different ways in this creation, in humanity and in every creature. So this is just a brief. In the book, Shabindo, there are many, many chapters where he speaks about all the... I'll just quickly go through this list of chapters just to get a feel of it okay so <clears throat> I think we read many of these so most important one of the chapter is the danger of the ego and the need of purification I think the focus should not be on experiences but on purification then one is safe <laughs> to eliminate the ego and that itself is a great experience because it really gives us true freedom freedom comes by release from ego and desire and equality itself is a sign of yoga samatvam yogucchate then he speaks about and there are imitating experiences. For instance, emptiness. Emptiness can be created completely by the hostile forces. And one may feel that one is in a shunyam. But it's a shunyam of, shunyam of dullness. See, it happens when somebody is depressed, I can't think of anything. All is empty. So they can create all kinds of things. They can create even artificial illuminations, false lights. We see these in our stories. Where Jalandhar had created by his Maya a whole pseudo Kailasha. We have now one Kailasha, by the way. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Comment here, Kailasha. Where in place of Shiva, there is somebody who has become Shiva. Now, we should be very careful, and people are easily carried away by these things. I am sure this person was probably had some great experience in the beginning. But completely, you know, you lose track. But it doesn't mean that it's gone forever. I'm sure the divine grace is infinite and picks up everyone. Then he speaks about the value of visions. Even not only visions and hearing, it can these experiences come as smell. We don't even notice it. 
the fragrance of shirobindo i know somebody who would feel shirobindo's uh, either the lotus fragrance uh, you know which is sign that shirobindo is around sometimes if you smell jasmine in front of someone it means a great purity is already inside so all these kinds of rose the spirit of devotion so there there are different kinds of fragrances provided one doesn't use perfumes and that's why don't use perfumes don't mask what is inside and you will see it's a whole science of smell not only animals human beings they have their smell and from the smell you can make out and it's not about bathing or not bathing as to what really is their state of consciousness so you have smell sights smells tastes and then light and colors each light has its own significance color has its own significance symbols for instance one sees the sun one sees the moon different colors of moon different colors of sun different colors of skies animals birds birds ordinarily normally the powers of the soul flowers energies of the soul flame generally indicative of the soul the duck or the swan the soul itself a little child the soul or sometimes new birth so that's why we see that rishis were given a strange command sometimes have so many children you know savitri herself says that so many children she wants and yama says yes now who are these children these offsprings are the radiant energies which are held back by the power of death it doesn't allow it and when you conquer over this darkness these are released into the system so these are the 100 offsprings of light we read all this in in the vedic lore that so many children so water and water bodies night and dawn so of course water bodies uh, again river movement of life then hills ascension of consciousness generally physical consciousness snow purity through which the body physical purity usually gods goddesses and seven divine beings all these people have asked if i see kartike what does it mean if i see bull what does it mean if i see uh, garuda people had all these visions and experience and they asked and it's best to read i mean one one liner if i see agni what does it mean why am i seeing it so you know it's going through the animal world different animals we read about sometimes these energies take a form cobra for example is it necessarily hostile no generally serpents are evolutionary energies but they can also be reflection of hostile forces depending upon whether you are seeing a mamba or you are seeing a cobra whether it is striking at you or whether it is simply raising its hood whether it has a jewel crown over the head all this you know ikshadhari ikshadhari snake is not uh, as they show in the movie actually i had actually seen once not not in not in physical world but in in a whole dream experience i knew this is ikshadhari so what it had done it was like it it took the form of a human being then of a mongoose and then became a snake and slithered away cobra so acha in the dream itself i am saying oh this is what is called ikshadari and then i understood strange it is taking the form of mongoose and at the same time it can become a snake so there are there are beings of the mid worlds what i understood was it can work both ways it can take this form or it can take that form like you see ghatot ka cheeze asura or i mean rakshasa but he becomes benevolent he is a rakshasa at night his maya is prabal but shri krishna uses him for the war 
So they are like, they can turn either ways. One has to be very careful of such beings when they take a physical manifestation. Because you may think they are owing allegiance to you. But it's not true. They may suddenly change from a mongoose to a snake. And you wonder, Ari, is to bahut bharosa kiya tha, I trusted him. Actually, you know, during that phase I had seen, suddenly, mongoose then, you know, from human being who is going down, becoming a mongoose and then becoming a, um, a snake and going away. So, you know, these are all things which in, in dreams they come in different ways. The plant world, constructions, objects, numbers, letters. So every kind of experience is there. Then how to differentiate the true experience from, you know, these imitative experiences, uh, experiences of the cosmic consciousness, samadhi, and of course inner voices and indications. People often ask. Sometimes they write, "Ap Mataji ke se bolke, tell me her reply." See, it doesn't operate like that. You know? <laughs> okay, you're having, some people say, I had a nice conversation with the mother. When someone reported this, there was a book once, Conversations with God. You know? uh, I think it came in two, three volumes, became a super hit. Naturally, you know, somebody is telling you. So, uh, even there are people who have written Shikwa or Jawabe Shikwa, so, mystics. When mother was asked, Mother, uh, we had a great conversation in the dream. And mother says, the divine does not hold conversations. He's not chatting with you. Okay, tell me what's happening in the world. That's not how the divine operates. So, once you grow in closeness to the divine, you understand that it is not like that. And yet, when you have communicated, the divine has heard. There's a story of Bulada. He had constant access to the mother anytime. And he used to look after the electricity department. Came from a very rich family. Maybe with this we can... Stop here. So he came from a very rich family and he had left everything and he started staying in a small room inside the ashram. And sometimes in summer he would sleep outside on a little bench, lived like that. And he, you know, if any time there is an electrical problem or any problem, uh, let's say if, if there is a um, what is called plumbing work, he would be there always whenever mother would call. So at once at midnight, somebody knocked at it at his window from the outside. Pulada, so and so has passed away. Please tell the mother because you know he has an excess. So he said, okay. So the person went away. Next day morning, he saw Pulada. So you told mother, yes, yes, I went to the samadhi and told. I mean, Shobindo had left his body. I went to the samadhi and told the mother. What Pulada? You didn't tell the mother. He said, I told the mother. But that person didn't understand. So... As he went up to see the mother next day, mother says, yes, yes, Bula has told me. He has told me. I am aware of it. So he communicated the samadhi and the mother received. So this idea that God is behaving like us, having a great chat, Achha, okay, this is how it is, all right. So you say these exact words. It may come, it may not come. But it's not like this is the normal mode of working of the divine. It may come as an inner certitude. It may come as an intuitive sense which you know by practice and by growing into the yogic consciousness that this is a true certitude, true intuition. This is only a suggestion or something mixed up in the mind. So it's a wonderful journey and as we grow, as I said, it enriches the consciousness. You begin to learn the different uh, ropes. You learn, <laughs> you learn the ropes as they say of the yoga. But 
most important is experience and realizations are okay but the real thing is to make the divine real to us not only in ourselves but in this whole creation and not only real as a passive witness but also in his dynamic movement so that every movement every breath is inspired more and more by her moved by her within us and in this whole world namaste